Hi, and welcome to Article 23. We are up to episode 27. This is your podcast all about work. I'm James Hancock, and as always, I'm joined by... Rhonda Brighton-Hall, and lovely to be here as always. Awesome. Smooth introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Which we don't normally do. So no, I, I, I liked it. Now, <laughs> this week, we are going to talk about a pretty big one, how to deal with the really big societal discussions when they come into work. Yeah, it's a, it's a massive topic, and it's a really painful one, for we've had this topic thrown at us a lot in the last couple of years with big debates. And we're going to talk about how you can have a conversation on these big societal changes and discussions without, you know, it exploding, basically. Yeah, and there are a few examples that are absolutely current. So we'll get to that in just a sec. Yes. Uh, But (laughs) thrilled we were invited just yesterday to an event with the Corporate Rebels. What were we invited to do? So Corporate Rebels, if Mm. people don't know them, are a group of um, guys from Holland. Yep. Women and men. And they've been looking at organizations that are doing really rebellious things, very different things. Mm. And they came to Australia um, under a great colleague of ours who works for CoLab4. And she, Cindy actually said to us, will you come and talk about Australian rebels? And the yeah. Australian companies are doing really cool things. <laughs> yeah. And as it happens, we've got a number of our clients that are in that group now. That rather are doing rebellious. Some, yeah, rather rebellious <laughs> like us. Yeah. And doing some really cool things. So we went along on the panel and we talked about uh, the Australian companies that are really stepping up into this space yep. and creating a very different future of work and are unafraid about having big conversations about a different way of designing organizations and work for the future. And it was just great fun yeah. and quite proud to, to yeah. see how many great Australian companies are and doing really good things because we sort of, we get quite cynical about it. We know we go, big corporations aren't doing much. Yeah. And a lot of big corporations aren't doing much, but there are some big corps that are doing great stuff. Yeah. Some medium corporations and some small companies, even not-for-profits, doing wonderful things. Yeah. We haven't talked about some of the really um, trendsetters in the government. Yeah. Which is, you know, people always, always, there are any really great examples? And there absolutely are. Absolutely are. are. Absolutely are. Totally. Yeah. So really great examples of great leadership, future of work, rethinking the future can come from any walk of life. And what it really takes, we think, Mm. is great leadership. Yep. Huge amount of courage Mm -hmm. and letting go of this way that we've currently got of working, which isn't working particularly well. So yeah, it was great fun. Makes sense. Awesome. So not on any touch of a more somber moment than that but <laughs> yeah it was very optimistic yeah now we're it, going to it, the other it, side it was, of the but, but i think there's there should we should go into really hard conversations with optimism that we're trying to support each other and understand perspectives so i think that that's cool and and i think you're right actually when you just said it then i thought actually the only way society moves forward yep. is if we can have these conversations yep. in a way that lifts people into a better space or a different yep. way forward. Yep. Otherwise we just camp and say how it is is how it is is yep. forever. Yep. And that's really not going to be helpful. Yeah. So, and we yeah. just see eggshells and we're t- always terrified of walking over them. Yeah. And I think there's got to be this balance which means we can have conversations. So let's get to that. I mean, in Sydney this week, we had a bit of a, an event, an incident that yeah. was a bit, yeah. bit scary in the CBD. Very, very terrifying. And everyone thought mm. instantly that it was some sort of terrorist attack. Yep. But it was actually a really sad mental health case. Yeah, that's right. Um, which has left another young woman yeah. um, without a life. And that's just so incredibly sad to watch it. But it was it was a very topical conversation and will be for some time. Yeah, absolutely. On a, for a whole range of How reasons. How do you deal with mental health in society? This is a big conversation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What are the protocols? What's the support for people? How does that work appropriately? And yeah. so on. It's, it's massive. 
multifaceted. But and a perfect one where the answer is not A. No. The answer is no one really knows how to solve this. It's really hard. Yeah. And how do we have that conversation in a thoughtful way? Yeah. Couldn't agree more. And I think that's one, as I said, kind of event event issue and but that draws on to broader societal issues. So we know mental health increasing ever more. Yep. Uh, but there are also Focus, yeah. absolutely focused on yeah. isn't it? Yeah. There are also those kind of societal issues that go for things like uh, you know, behavior, inappropriate behavior, yeah. stuff that happens yeah. online. And the one that comes to mind for me is this racism example oh that's come goodness. through that in the NRL. Just amazing. And it's more than one player now. And I know. It's just unbelievable. I know. It's so sad. Through. And I think we went from watching the final quarter with Adam Goods. Yep. And really everyone sort of sitting back and going, wow, we just need to yeah. hear and understand our world that yep. we're living in and what we're part of. Yeah, that's And right. really knowing what role we, we should and could take in that. And then to see this level of racism that was in the last two weeks w- was just shocking, just yeah. so bad. And yeah. it was in the NRL, so it's yeah, not just right. AFL. But it's like an unbelievable regression an into unbelievable some, some past. And a mindset know, that thinks that that, that incredibly horrible, hate-filled way of speaking is reasonable conversation. And even yeah. as I'm saying that, I know that I'm taking a stance in the conversation. Yeah. And, and this is the issue. How do you divide up the issues where some of them are like, well, that's clearly inappropriate and not yeah. okay and criminal or bad. Yeah. And then there's these conversations where actually they're a debate. And even mm. though we might absolutely camp on one side um, and say, that's how I feel, yeah. how, how do we have that conversation and work? And how do we understand what other people are filling into that conversation? It's very tricky. Yeah, and I think, you know, many of us try and be really balanced on those. But no matter mm. what, there are those kind of underlying views and perspectives or whatever. And I think drawing them out is important. So... The other one that we often think about that is still out there in the in the court of public opinion, if you I like, know, and in some other courts and forums as well <laughs> at the same time, yep. is our, our favorite Israel Folau example. And mm. I think that one for me shows this real outrage, uh, emotion, and then sort of people trying to intellectualize. We have that I know. sort of thinking. And, I know. And you've mm. got intellectualized supporters yep of israel and intellectualized detractors of israel yeah and and everything in between and uh, then you've got emotional on both sides as well yeah that's exactly right and it's really tricky to navigate through that but i think that because it's tricky doesn't mean we shouldn't try no and and i think you can't not yeah because israel falal is a conversation on facebook every night it has been for a couple of years i mean we've used israel falal's last set of examples of his yeah. twitter account yeah um absolutely. and now it's obviously a legal case but it's We've used that for what eighteen months. It's it's just yeah. you know it keeps going on. Yeah. And so that conversation isn't going away. Mm. So how do you have a respectful conversation about something like religious freedom, freedom of speech? Yeah. How do you have a respectful conversation on racism? Impossible. Yeah, that's right. And I think you're trying as a leader or as a person in the business to navigate a space for your colleagues and your your team to be able to have a discussion on these and understand these issues without. It getting really hateful. I, I think the hate piece for me is really quite confronting. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And uh, the other one that kind of springs to mind is this recent abortion debate. Yeah, wow, that was just so it's emotional. Just, yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting because one of the conversations that you and I have had, James, a number of times yeah. is it's intellectual, conceptual, as you called it, yep. versus yep. highly emotive, deeply personal. Yeah. And, and for me, the abortion debate, and obviously um, I'm a strong feminist, but where that stopped being an intellectual debate for me, because I was a strong feminist and quite intellectual about women's freedom over their own body, 
where it stopped being intellectual for me and became deeply emotional was a very um, close friend of mine shared her story with me and um, we were actually trying to drive across a piece of the road and there was an anti-abortion rally group in front of us. Yeah. And um, I was like annoyed. I'm like, oh, for goodness sake, these yeah. people, what are they doing on yes. the road? I'm annoyed. Yeah. And my girlfriend was in tears. And when I sat down and talked to her, I, I, I said, look, I'm so sorry. I was meant to be rude. I thought she must be, you know, on their side a bit. Yeah, right. But actually the story was, as a very young woman, a teenager, she'd actually been molested by her father and became pregnant. And her mother took her to get her an abortion. And Jeez. so abortion wasn't an intellectual topic for her. It was no. a deeply personal one. Yeah. And so for me, when I now see that rally and debate, I walk in her shoes. I think, how would you feel if that yeah. was the debate around you and your life, yeah. the things you had to do, yeah. um, versus some sort of political topic or yeah. a thoughtfulness about it? And this is deeply personal. I can't imagine that there would be many people in the world who would no. say to a woman you're, you're expected to have a child by your father who molested you I just think that that's so horrific as a crime yeah um, that her choice to do what she what she did was absolutely hers to make and an important one to make and probably an yeah. incredibly painful one in an incredibly painful situation yeah and so how do you let that debate come into the workplace yeah and so that's a little bit like the Israel Falah yeah. one because he's sort of going religious freedom and I get it yeah. But then you're talking to a person who spent their youth working through their own sexual identity. Yeah. And and that's not religious freedom, then that's a person telling them they hate them. Yeah. And that that's and it, yeah. really painful. And it's what's coming through there for me when I'm hearing that and it's I absolutely get it. I think the difference in lived experiences is obviously key underpinning all of these perspectives, whether we agree with them, don't agree with them, think they're ridiculous, think that they're yeah, you know, we can we can intellectualize them in some way in some of them. Yeah, not the last one so much. No, but um, it's just horrendous, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I imagine yeah. the football as you opened with and talked about that's not an intellectual topic when someone no. hates you for the color of your skin. That's yeah. deeply personal, and it's yeah. and it's not okay. Yeah, it's and just it, not okay. And, and what and what's clear through those examples is that you know some people feel like they're expressing a freedom, which is taking a freedom, or at least giving that perception of taking a freedom away from another yeah and so whose freedom you know it kind of comes down to this whose yeah. freedom's more important how's one weighed over another yeah and absolutely. It, it, are, is there choice in something and or not yeah and clearly in some of those there's and absolutely that, and not. i think well, that's why when we were trying to work out how what would you wrap around your understanding of these sorts of topics to talk at work yeah uh, it's hard for you and I because both of us sort of go to the empathy side yeah. and go walking in the shoes of these debates where that's not an intellectual debate, that's deeply personal. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to protect them. I want to create a psychologically safe and physically safe workplace. Yeah. Um, but equally, there are these debates and if we can't have the marriage equality debate, for example, we yeah. wouldn't have got to a point where we voted and voted in favour. So. We need to have the space for the conversation, but how do we have it? So yeah. we really had to think hard of what are the things to consider. And so we put forward these five things. Yeah. And I, and I think they're important. Yeah. And I think it's a good, simple list. I think we sort of tap, tapped on them through the way, through the setup here anyway. But first one is absolutely making the space to have these conversations. Yep. I agree with that. And sort of not in a letting some random person express opinion, watching someone else be smashed. Yeah. But actually on the front foot. Yep. This is a debate that's going on in society. This is what it will mean. This is yeah. how it's going to be voted on, or this is how it's being discussed. Yep. Um, these are the limits and the restrictions around the debate at work. Yep. And we're determined to keep people safe on it. So making a space that 
understands the rules of engagement as opposed to free-for-all. Yeah, and the next one that we kind of, um, you know, penciled down was support people to have the conversations in a really great way. Yeah, and I I think that comes into exactly that first one too, sort of the lead on. Once you make space for the conversation, how do you actually support people to have the conversation in a great way with limits? And so it isn't like you can just say whatever you like and smash everybody. You actually have to keep to a debating sort of piece, but respect the fact that it could be incredibly painful for people and you need to hear that. I think people that are going to have a really big opinion that could hurt someone else quite substantially needs to hear that there's people can be hurt. Yeah, and that awareness of the personas, if you like, or for want of a better expression of intellectual and emotional and the derivatives of that is, is... critical yeah. to be able to do that too yeah and Realizing the, what the perspective that it's not an intellectual or political ba- debate for everybody for some people it's personal deeply right. personal totally which comes perfectly through to the next one which is know the support available to people yeah i think that's a really good one and you can sort of say you know we know this is a fairly violent so- so- societal debate yes um if it's deeply affecting you personally then come and talk to us but yeah. equally if you don't want to talk to us here's some other support groups that yeah, are really right. rallying around a community to make sure they get through the debate in as safe a way as possible. Yeah, totally agree. Fourth one, don't be afraid to lean in when someone's crossed the line. Super important. I think yeah. the NRL example that you brought up from last week yeah. would be way over the line. You just yeah. sort of signal, that's not even a debate. That's just horrible hate. Yeah. And yeah. someone did that or did that in your workplace, you just need to pull them aside and say, yeah. that's absolutely not okay. Yeah. And it stops right now. I totally agree. And the last one, which you know, probably comes up with the first one as well in some ways is just this need to be proactive. Yeah, a lot of the time people wait until it gets out of hand. And I think we've seen that a lot in workplaces when it's gone very bad. And obviously, sort of work we do, sometimes you get called in when things are out of hand. Uh, But being proactive and saying, okay, we've got a marriage equality debate coming up. Um, There will be various opinions of this. We have employees in our workforce, which it's deeply personal for. It will be a very painful debate as opposed to a political debate. I'm asking you to be respectful and cautious and careful with each other and and care about each other. I think putting those ground rules, being proactive at the front end um, is really, really powerful. So hopefully those five that we sort of came up with, albeit, you know, they're tough situations. I think they're a good place to start. So being proactive on the front foot. Yep. Making space for the type of conversations that are going to happen. Yeah, supporting people to have the conversations in a really great way, knowing the support that's available to people. Yeah, external inside to the and company. external, yep, absolutely very through the network, and not being afraid to lean in when someone's clearly crossed the line. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And and with those five, I reckon you could probably navigate as best you can in these difficult conversations. Yeah, that's right. Not a bad place to go through. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what are we going to cover next week? Um, next week, we're going to discuss something very, very straightforward and simple. Great. We're going to talk about how to get a development plan for you and your career in your life. Yep. Wherever you happen to be sitting. Yep. Absolutely love it. Bit of change of pace. Awesome topic. Can't wait for that one. Uh, as always, loved hosting this one and would love to see everyone get behind it on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, A big more from us. Thank you. Bye.